Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. We're glad that you've decided to join us today as we continue in our Bible Word series. I'm your host, Scott Spees, the Director of Advancement here at DCC, and we're pleased to once again welcome the Director of Learning Technology and Associate Professor of Intercultural Studies here at DCC, Mr. Gary Hardy. Gary, it's good to have you. Hey, it's great to be back. Thanks, Scott. Facilitating our discussion today is the head of DCC's Practical Ministries Department, Dr. Eddie Sanders. Dr. Sanders, good to see you again. Hey, thanks. I'm going to turn it over to you now, Eddie, and let you lead into this week's podcast and introduce this week's Bible Word. Yes, so another word we hear around the church most weeks blessing. Gary, what does blessing mean from a biblical perspective, and is there more than what meets the eye? Oh, sure. I think so. Uh, For me, uh, the word blessing from the Bible, at least it seems to me, means recognizing and appreciating what God is already doing and will do for believers. Sounds good. I think Scripture is probably pretty filled with that. Uh. Old and New Testament. Yes. Very much so. You know, it's it's autumn, and on some days here in North Texas, it actually feels like it. Like, um, we've made it through the holiday of Halloween, and if you were in the studio, you'd see I put air quotes around mm-hmm. the word holiday when I talk about Halloween. But it also means that Thanksgiving is just a few days upon us here. Um, even though when I go to retail stores, it seems like nothing exists between Halloween and Christmas. Yes. Um, but I think about... The Thanksgivings of my youth. Thanksgiving was my favorite holiday when I was young. Uh, our family would all pile in the car, and we'd make a 60-mile drive to my grandparents' house. And this was in pre-interstate year days, so mm. it seemed like it took hours when it probably didn't. And you're young. But we enjoyed going to Grandma and Grandpa's house for Thanksgiving. We'd usually go on Wednesday, spend the night, get up Thursday morning, watch the Macy's Parade on TV. Mm-hmm. Then we'd all have to sit at the kids' table and eat my grandmother and my mother's great cooking. And then we'd spend the afternoon laying on the couch watching NFL. Sometimes we'd spend the night Thursday night, and sometimes we'd come home on Thursday night, but it was always a great time, and I, I think about those times, and it's a, you know, set, a big extended family celebration like that. It's something that we've tried to continue uh, with our grown children and their families and, my, and our siblings, and it's just a great time. It's still my favorite holiday. I still love Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. but another thing I associate with Thanksgiving is a song. I remember, I, I can't think of a Sunday right before or right after Thanksgiving that at my little church that I grew up in, we didn't sing, when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, count your many blessings, see what God hath done. And so with Thanksgiving Day just a few days away, I think it's appropriate that the Bible word we're considering in this episode of the podcast is blessing. Um, Let's talk about the Old Testament, first of all. That's a good place to start. You know, blessing is a big deal in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. It's like 500 uses of the word somewhere in there, or really two words. Uh, And we're introduced to it right from the get-go. In Genesis chapter 1, on the fifth day of creation, God creates the first living creatures— the birds and the fish, and he says to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water, fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And it begins by saying, God blessed them and said that. The next day, the sixth day of creation, he creates the land animals and the humans. And according to Genesis 128, 
He says, it says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Now, there's a couple of important things I think we see in these first two instances of blessing in the Bible. First, it's the source of blessing, God, okay, the creator. And as we work through this idea of blessing, that's something we'll need to be reminded of over and over. God is the source of all blessing. Now, he may use humans as conduits of his blessings. I mean, probably all of us have had the experience of God using another human to deliver a blessing to us. And hopefully, we've also all had the experience of being able to deliver a blessing from God to someone else. But as the words of the doxology remind us, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Uh, while the blessings may and often do come through humans, they flow from God. He's mm-hmm. the ultimate source of every blessing. If somebody blessed you, what they blessed you with came from God. And if you blessed somebody else, what you blessed them with ultimately came from God. So another important thing, though, that we see here in Genesis 1 is that being blessed carries with it some sort of responsibility. And that is God doesn't just bless us to bless us. Uh, Notice that in both of the verses we read, it says, God blessed them and said, do something. In this case, be fruitful, multiply, increase in number. And we see the same language used after the flood in Genesis 9-1, where we read, God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. The blessing is never merely for the sake of the one being blessed. The blessing is given so that the one being blessed can fulfill some purpose of God. Well, that's pretty striking and profound, and that really flips on its head our understanding of blessing the way I hear it around the church and the campus, of course. So (laughs) the way our culture looks at blessing is the point of the blessing is the blessing, and you're saying it's more than that? Uh, It's a lot more than that. First of all, the point of the blessing is not the blessing. It's the blesser, God, okay? And uh, the point of the blessing is not to make me do what I want to do, but to help me do what God wants done in this world. Uh, I think we see that in the account of God's call of Abram in Genesis 12, 2 and 3, which reads, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you'll be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. See, God promises to do great things to and for Abram, But the blessings are not to stop with him um, or even with his immediate family or with his physical descendants in the distant future. No, God says all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All peoples means the Gentiles, uh, the peoples of this earth who do not trace their physical existence back to Abraham through Jacob. I think that's everyone in this room and pretty much probably most of our audience that's going to be listening to this uh, episode. Uh, We're we're those all peoples. Uh, As Christians— We understand this to be messianic prophecy, talking about the Christ to come. That is the blessing that God promises will come to all peoples on earth, and that blessing is the hearing and obeying the gospel. I think it also kind of helps us put put the idea of what a blessing actually is in perspective, like you were talking about, Dr. Sanders. Well, I think it's very common for us to think of blessings in a material sense, things such as money, possessions, prestige, uh, good physical health, whatever it might be. Those are, and those are all things we can thank God for, for sure. But 
they're really not the things that God really sees as the most important. Uh, they're not the things that, you know, especially if we're not using them to fulfill God's purpose. If God blesses us with material and we're just hoarding it or using it for our own selfish desires, why give us the blessing in the first place? I think God would say. Yeah, and that's another countercultural thing you mentioned here with this word. It's it's more than just material stuff, yet that is where we often and always look first and finally. A blessing is something we can point to, but yet this loaded up verse in Genesis 12, you can kind of point to it after a few hundred years, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things we'll see as we go through this is that we don't always recognize blessing when it's happening. There's a there's a point where we have to take a long view of certain things, and that'll be especially true as we look at some what Jesus says in the New Testament and some things like that later on. Um, you know, God. You know, certainly God can use someone who's materially poor and lacking in prestige to bless others, can't He? I mean, Jesus did it with twelve later on, right? Uh, you don't have to be rich to be blessed. Uh, you don't have to be famous to be blessed. Uh, in fact, sometimes you could be rich and famous and feel like you're cursed. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on who you are and how you appreciate things. and But before we leave the Old Testament talk here, I want to talk about just a couple more things. One is the formal pronouncements of blessing that we see the patriarchs bestow upon their offspring. In Genesis 27, we're introduced to that practice where the aged Isaac uh, is ready to bless his sons, Jacob and Esau. And many of our listeners will be familiar with the story about here's Isaac, his eyesight now gone, and sensing that he's probably getting near the end of his life. He wants, to, he wants his sons to come in and be blessed, and specifically he asks for Esau, his oldest, by a few minutes or whatever, the twins, uh, to go out, hunt some game, fix it the way he likes it, and bring it into him so he can give his blessing to him. Uh, he says, I'm old, I don't know the day of my death, now go get your equipment, your quiver, your bow. Go out to the open country, hunt some wild game for me, prepare the kind of tasty food that I like, and bring it to me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. Well, we all know that uh, Isaac's wife, Rebecca, overhears that, and she assists their younger, perhaps her favorite son, Jacob, in deceiving Isaac and obtaining from him the blessing that was rightfully Esau's. Then Esau returns from the hunt, prepares the meal for his father, and takes it into him, at which time both he and Isaac perceive to their great dismay the deception that has been perpetrated by Jacob. Um, And I think most of us, if we were in the place of Isaac, would have said, hey, no problem. The blessing I gave Jacob is revoked. It's no good. It wasn't for him. It was for you. But that's not how it goes down. It's maybe surprising to us because Isaac says, I blessed him and indeed he will be blessed. I mean, from Isaac's point of view, the blessing once pronounced was irrevocable. Um, There was no taking it back because Isaac didn't think of himself as only giving his blessing, but passing on God's blessing. And once delivered, only God could take it back. And so it's, it's uh, it's really interesting then that, you know, Isaac would have been sort of familiar with this because if you remember his story as a child, um, before he was born, his parents, Abraham and Sarah, got restless and tired of waiting for God to provide them with him. And so they took some matters into their own hands, and Abraham sired a son with Sarah's servant, Hagar, Ishmael. And uh, when God talks to Abraham in Genesis 20, in Genesis 17 and reminds him that he's going to have Isaac, 
Abraham says, well, how about if only Ishmael might live under your blessing? And, and God says, no, Ishmael's not going to get that blessing, but because you've asked for a blessing, he's going to get one. And Ishmael does get a blessing. Um, you know, once, once it happens, it happens. Uh, so when Esau says to Isaac in, in chapter 27, verse 38, do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too. Isaac responds with one of the sorriest blessings you'll ever hear. He tells Esau, oh, here's your blessing. You're going to live in the desert. You're going to live by the sword and you're going to serve your brother. Whereas the blessing he had pronounced on Jacob earlier had declared that nations would bow down and serve him. My point is this. A blessing wasn't some trivial thing. In the minds of the patriarchs, once you pronounced a blessing, you were speaking for God. It was not to be taken lightly. It was, in essence, speaking life into the plans of God. Whether it was pronounced by God himself or by his authorized agent in this case, it was a big deal. It wasn't just something you said when someone sneezed. Okay? And I could give you more examples of that, like uh, Jacob blessing Joseph's sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, but we'll move on. The last part of the... Yeah, go ahead. Yep. The, what strikes me about what you just said there, blessing is not a trivial thing. That just makes me want to slow down and say, okay, where in my life, where, where are some of the desert times and desert seasons where I'm not recognizing and appreciating what God is doing or will do in the midst or because or even after? And that that powerful story of Jacob and Esau and Isaac and Ishmael and all that, yeah, blessing is not a trivial thing. And we need to remember that. That's right. Um, I'm going to kind of shift gears a little bit. We've been talking about blessing in this respect, but there's another type of blessing that we read about in the Old Testament as well. And that's what we see mainly in the Psalms and Proverbs. Um, Examples from this are things like blessed is the one or blessed are. So, for example, Psalm 1 begins, blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers and so forth. And then there's a whole bunch of other blessed are or blessed is Psalms. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord who does not look to the proud. Blessed are those who have regard for the weak, uh, and on and on it goes. Uh, there are more, but let's just consider those for now. Uh, if we go to the theological word book of the Old Testament, we read that this word for blessing, ashray, is a word that means envious desire. Or uh, So we might translate Psalm 128.1 as, instead of blessed, we could say, to be envied with desire are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. Other versions use the word happy to translate it. So we could translate Psalm 94, 12. Happy is the one you discipline, Lord. Now, that's an interesting one to think yeah. about. It reminds us of what Hebrews says about no one thinks discipline in the moment is all that great. And when they later on, they're appreciative of it. But it also reminds us also when we get into the New Testament of the similarities of those words to the Beatitudes. You know, Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. I notice I'm using a single syllable, blessed. The blessed, I don't like because it makes it sound like these people are special or something. No, you're just blessed. Blessed if you're poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. And that New Testament word, makarios, 
is very much like the Old Testament word I was just talking about, ashray. It means happy or fortunate. Now, you read the Beatitudes, being poor in spirit, mourning, being meek, uh, you know, those kinds of things, being persecuted for righteousness' sake. That doesn't sound the kind of, like the kind of things that make you happy in the moment, especially. But they are the kinds of things that produce results. And that's the thing about blessing. It's not so much that we're seeking after the blessing. It's that the blessings follow from us being faithful. We're not out seeking a blessing. The person who's being persecuted for righteousness' sake isn't saying, I want to go out and get persecuted today so I can be blessed. But the blessings follow. It's just that we don't always recognize or see them because, as I said before, it's a long view kind of thing. The blessings, some of the blessings are already there, but some are yet to come. Yeah, I'm very much reminded of James 1 as you were sharing this when he talks about consider it pure joy when you face hardships, which I think summarizes some of those beatitudes. Yeah. Uh, So here's the thing. We're already blessed, and we're going to be blessed. We just need to appreciate the blessing that we already have and look forward to the blessings to come that we may not see even in this earthly lifetime, but they're guaranteed by the one who raised Jesus from the dead on our behalf. If I can push you a little there, help me and help our listeners and Scott here too. How, how can we do a better job of appreciate of appreciating God's blessings? Well, I think first of all, be involved in the things that are important to God. Mm serving others, sharing the gospel, those sorts of things. Um, so make your focus not on achieving earthly blessings or worldly blessings, but on doing the will of God. And then you can experience the true blessing that comes, and that'll keep your focus there. Um, it, will, it will allow you the freedom to not be stressed out. You know, Jesus said, you know, the, the, the people of the world run after all those things, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. So it's about a kingdom focus, a kingdom Mike's mindset, uh, looking, looking out for others and those sorts of things. I think that's great. And I think that's a, a perfect reminder uh, of the attitude we need to have this week as a nation when we celebrate uh, the holiday of Thanksgiving. So thanks for unpacking that. You're welcome. For us, Gary, I, I was struck, uh, the previous episode of the podcast focused on the word gospel. And Dr. White reminded us that it's not just the proclamation of the good news, but it is our response Mm -hmm. and the way in which we react to that. And I heard the same language here. It's not just enough to know what a blessing is and to be blessed, but it is our response to that. Uh, And I I think we're we're seeing a common theme here that we take a lot of words in our churches, and we have a really good head knowledge about them. And, oh, yes, I'm blessed, and I know the good news and all of those, and yet there is this responsibility as a disciple of Christ that we either pass that on to someone else or we become a blessing to someone else. And so I I think those are great reminders. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the DCC Leadership Podcast. You can check out other episodes, just like the one we were referencing, on many different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podfriend, any of those. 
Uh, to learn more about our NOW capital campaign and how you might partner with Dallas Christian College to help fund student scholarships or support the Worley Student Life Center, you can check out our website for that at www.dallaspartners.org. Dallas Christian College is changing the world for Christ one student at a time with an education that's accessible, affordable, and attainable. And we're grateful for you, our listeners, as part of this podcast series. Pray that you and your family have a blessed and a wonderful time of fellowship together as you recall and remember the blessings that God has given to you this Thanksgiving season. Take care, have a great week, and we'll talk to you next time.